Welcome to Take a Moment. I'm Mari Yamaguchi. And I'm Nathan Bennett. Mari and I had the distinct pleasure of sitting down with two gentlemen from Rochester Regional Health, Jason Zawodzinski and Rob Allen. These guys are technologists. They know technology inside and out, and they're a little bit of a... I think you could call them visionaries. These are two gentlemen who back in January, before COVID hit, were already talking about what it would look like to move their operations and their communication and technical operations to the cloud. And then COVID hit and accelerated all of their plans. And they were able to do some pretty remarkable things in incredible speeds with incredible efficiency and a very, very quick turnaround time. Yeah, one of the things that they talk about was how seamless that transition was. Not only were they looking at a crisis from a major public health perspective, affecting patients and essentially all the people in upstate Western New York, but they also had to make sure from an internal perspective that their 200, 300 employee communication center was able to work from home in a way that didn't affect that patient experience. So one of the things that they talk about are things like their excitement for the capabilities that cloud was able to do that for them. And then also that some of the things for in the future as well, too. A lot of the things they talk about are around how do we get to better patient experiences and how do we personalize those types of interactions? Because I think one of the things that we can all relate to, especially in healthcare, is having that empathetic voice on the other end, whether you're calling in to set up an appointment or you just wanna know the status of how much you owe something like a bill. None of those conversations, you're not coming in because you wanna talk about something happy. It's because something is wrong. And so they really emphasize how moving to the cloud is really enabling their patient care coordinators and their nurses to really focus on what really matters. And it's that human element, that connection being able to be empathetic. Absolutely. It's wonderful to talk to two people who really understand that link between uh, technology and empathy. And Rob and Jason are definitely two of those people. They're really, really effusive about the technology. I know you're going to love this conversation. And let me tell you, if you are out there and thinking, should I move my organization to the cloud? Just listen to this episode and listen to the success and innovation and rapid response that these gentlemen were able to accomplish for Rochester Regional Health. We also touch upon company culture as well, too, and how all of that is encompassed with uh, moving to the cloud. It's not just a piece of technology. Again, it's about how do we make those interactions among people better? So we hope you take a moment and listen with us. What I'm wondering from you both is if you could share with us one or two things that you each have learned from your children during this time. What have they taught you? What sort of wisdom has been imparted from these tiny humans to you? <laughs> yeah, I would have to say cooking. Kids went from not even being able to butter toast to making full meals at midnight, you know, hearing a noise, thinking you have a robber breaking in the house and you find your son heating up a hot pocket down in the kitchen. Um, or making a full turkey sandwich. So definitely taking advantage of that. Yeah, so uh, with, with my kids, I would say uh, certainly it's been adaptability and, 
every day something a little bit different, right? One day you're in school, uh, the next day you're at home. Again, at that time, we had no clue what it was going to be for the next six months. Again, you've had a professionally trained teacher. Now it's mom and dad trying to teach you uh, completely different methods. I, I don't have necessarily the patience to be a teacher. I'd be the first to tell you that, um, you know, I take that to the communication center. I look at our, our training staff and I have to steer clear of it. it I, I just don't have the patience for it. So I've had to learn a lot about patience and adaptability and uh, think about how I tailor my message to my children. And they, they've been rock stars through it all. It's funny that you bring up adaptability. That's one of the things that we want to get to here in a little bit about how Rochester Regional was able to adapt really, really quickly. But before we get there, I want to get a little bit better picture of uh, what Rochester Regional Health is all about. So just to kind of get our listeners a sense of what the numbers are like, and please correct me if, if I've got anything wrong, but you've got about 2,300 medical staff, 16,000 system employees, 2,500 system volunteers, 66 primary care locations, five hospital locations, eight senior living facilities, and it goes on and on and on. So this is a very, very big system at Rochester, and I'm wondering if you guys can kind of paint the picture for that system and talk about some of the things that you were facing, uh, some of those challenges you were facing even before COVID hit that made you say, listen, we might want to start thinking about moving our communication, our contact center to the cloud. Yeah, you know, I think I could jump in on that one first. So um, Rochester Regional Health has continued to grow, and I think you laid our numbers out great there, and more and more to come. Um, We're opening a a very large tower um, in about three weeks here. We are, you know, acquiring left and right. So with that said, um, and when the communication came together and formed, we had, you know, about 26 distinct call centers all on different platforms, different technologies. We couldn't even transfer calls from one hospital to the other without some issue occurring or call dropping. Really, that put us into a position to to look towards Genesis in the market in particular for someone that can support that. Because, you know, know, we've been with Genesis now going on six years. Recently, have migrated over to cloud, which has been amazing. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more. About seven weeks, standing up about 600 users in a very, very quick project go live. And again, it all comes down to delivering that best experience, not only for our patients, but the employees as well. We don't want them having to have patients repeat themselves over and over. That paints a really great picture of just the magnitude of how much you affect daily lives of a lot of folks in Rochester. Kind of want to take it back to when the pandemic hit. I think a lot of folks saw on the news that Rochester was kind of at the epicenter for a lot of the early days for COVID here in the United States. I just want to get a feeling for what that was like for all of you and what that meant for your hospital site and kind of the work that you had to do. And and then from there, we can dive into the work that Cloud helped to navigate that. Yeah, so crazy timing, right? We were very fortunate. We had just actually traveled down to North Carolina and meet with the Genesis team. And uh, little did we know at that point, right, everything was going to be flipped upside down four or five days later as we returned home. Um, So it was really March 16th was really the day that we saw that that first spike of volume. Um, Our phone volume jumped up 25% in a single day. And then we were also able to use the analyzer, you know, capabilities of, of Connect at the time to kind of gauge how many of those COVID-specific phone calls were coming in. And that was really important information. We were able to serve that up to our senior leadership team. To Jason, you know, can speak to it a little bit more. He was in the command center 
with our, our leadership team immediately, right? We had 95% of our staff, you know, that had been working in the center that we had to find a, the means to get them working from home. And fortunately through Interaction Connect, yeah, we were able to migrate our users back to their houses within a week. So again, 95% of our staff within a week moved back to the home. And, and certainly there were some issues, right? We, we had to deal with connection problems. We had to deal with background noise, kids, right? Because schools were shutting down. So a, a mammoth undertaking. We had to put in place an employee hotline. So working with our HR team, you know, sorry, employee hotline for self-reporting. If, if we run into any patient or employees or family members that were exposed, that became very important. We have, you know, all sorts of clinical resources that had to jump onto the phones immediately. So we added over the course of really six weeks, the first six weeks after it hit, we added 25 new work groups to our system and close to 250 new users almost overnight. And everyone started coming to us, right? So maybe there was some reluctance beforehand. Uh, we, we certainly had performed well and, and we had, you know, individuals who wanted to come out of the software, but all of a sudden we had a long line and, and you know, we really couldn't prioritize them. Everyone needed to come, which was a unique challenge. So being in the command center, um, it was everything a command center sounds like, you know, when you you know, have all these ideas coming at you. But one of the themes that came on every call every day, and we were in meetings several times a day, how do we get our employees working from home? And to Rob's point, our surgical areas, our cardiology areas, our orthopedic areas, all of them were not on Genesis. They were on legacy systems uh, with a plan, you know, eh, when we get there, uh, we'll upgrade them and get them on Genesis, which really means probably never. So we were quickly forced to swivel, um, obviously not the ideal way to stand up a site and, and get an additional, I think, Robert, it was about 300 users, 275 users onto Genesis over that very quick time frame and support it, which Genesis makes it very easy to do that. Talk about adaptability. I mean, this is one of those moments in history where adaptability is absolutely crucial. And it sounds like you're able to accomplish that. Rob, I know that even before... COVID hit, you were really kind of thinking about what would it be like to move from a premise solution to a cloud solution, and you were really pushing for cloud. What were those things, even before the way the world is now, what were those things that were already in your mind as benefits of doing so? Well, a couple things. Right off the bat, there's been a shift to workforce. It's starting to work from home, right? And if we're going to be able to attract talent to workforce, we needed to be able to offer that benefit. I think to our clinical team, we, so we have clinical nurses that work for us, salaried individuals that make very high level decisions. It's a clinical resource. And they, we have a group of them that make outbound phone calls to discharge patients. And they were struggling to get the staffing requirements needed to make all those outbound calls on a, a single day. To me, because I have a workforce background, why aren't we offering them the flexibility to work from home? We can start to offer one hour shifts. Maybe we get a nurse who can jump on after their kids are in bed and, you know, can help out. Uh, so that was a, a kind of our, our first approach to it. Certainly that was one big piece. The other big piece from a cloud perspective to me is we're healthcare. And in general healthcare, we always joke, we're about five years behind on technology. And as we've worked through, you know, Interaction Connect and looking at the software, we always, you know, we're, we're updating one time a year it always seemed like there's that, that feature that we wanted would come out of the next release, right? And then, okay, we got to wait another nine months before we're going to upgrade again. And obviously the challenges of those upgrades as well, right? It, it does take time, significant planning, resources to do an upgrade. 
now I'm on the most up-to-date software every week, right? Every Wednesday, I've got the most up-to-date software. Uh, now it's on to my team to take advantage of, use all that functionality of the software. So those were the big, two big drivers for me to kind of get the team working in the cloud. Wondering how that has affected morale for all of your nurse teams, your care coordinators, how has things becoming easier for them really affected how they approach coming to work or going to work? Yeah, and I I think that the center as a whole, we take pride in our culture and focus on the team members. Um, We've routinely done fun things like pie face for those of you that have children where you could donate a dollar to have a chance to smash a pie in your leader's face. I think uh, Rob and I got each other on that one to now having to just be completely, you know, reliant on video and voice. Whereas, you know, I'd walk out of my office and the row of five appointment coordinators sitting there between calls on break, trying to go together because they enjoy each other's company to now having to not only re- rely on the technology, but literally cannot come into the office. Um, so a lot of the personalization of their desks and their workspace was, was difficult. I think really over the first few months of that, our leaders, our operational leaders have done a good job of trying to stay engaged and shifting to the video one-on-ones. Uh, group meetings, we introduced Microsoft Teams as a concept, which, which I understand now integrates with Genesis, uh, which we're happy we made that decision um, and excited to, to get that integration live and up and running. Um, but we're using that for our team meetings as we went live on cloud. Every Friday, Rob and I had our team meeting where we encouraged our team to be on video so we could get that personalization back. And I can tell you personally, for me, having that is big. You get to a background here, a dog bark, you know, when you're in a work setting at the water cooler and make up someone spills coffee, you talk about it, you joke about it. But if a dog's barking when you're trying to speak, you know, it's one of those rallying points for the troops, if you will. So I think the team's adapted well, but it goes to the culture I think we had beforehand there. Can you talk a little bit about the efforts of setting up a 24-7 COVID line and other COVID-related responses and how you were able to do that to serve the community? Yeah, I'll jump really quick and then turn it over to Rob because I know Rob typically wants to kill me on these. So as we sit in these meetings in the command center, we actually did just present um, our leader to our CEO today about how flexible and easy it is to stand up loud literally in hours or minutes, depending on how complex it could be once you have a working system. I would often be in the meeting and say, yeah, we can do that. And someone would ask, can you do it tomorrow? And I would bite my lip knowing Rob would be in the background, uh, knowing we could do it tomorrow, but we have several requests that are due tomorrow. So just really prioritizing them and this being one of the largest ones, right? Engaging Rob and our engineering team, those that are building the system to really design it and, and make it safe because uh, that's really the big thing for us is, is making sure that every transfer, every button, every, you know, if I don't hit anything, is it going to hang up on that patient who potentially could have chest pain or COVID-like symptoms? So Rob, I don't know if you want to jump into sort of how you guys approach the build out of some of those complex COVID support lines we had. Yeah, we're fortunate we have a, a very strong team. We have a small team. Uh, we, we really have a, a team of three developers really supporting the entire system, you know, and, and we have our project manager and she's just as important as the rest because she keeps us all on point and helps us prioritize and eyes focused on what we need to focus on. So certainly a lot of requests coming quickly. The team, again, with the software, it is able to be replicated fairly easily. And certainly we didn't get it right the first time. I think our employee hotline 
we just made a tweak yesterday. We might be on version 24. So we continue to refine it over time to make sure we're meeting the needs of, of what the system needs. But it's really a testament to our team putting in the hours needed. This is such a unique circumstance, right? And part of the reason we work for Rochester Regional Health is, right, we, we care about patients and we're going to put in the time that we need to ensure that the system's working and is going to support the needs of any of the patients that would be calling the system. I think this is a great segue to talk a little bit about that connection. I think a lot of folks, when they think of technology, they struggle a little bit with making that human connection of where does that fit in with the system. So wanting to hear from both of you on what or how the systems can help to enhance a patient experience or also in this case, an employee experience as well too. So wanting to hear from both of you on what does patient and employee experience mean for the both of you? Yeah, and I think one example of that in our communication center is multiple tentacles. I mean, we have clinical lines, we have scheduling lines, we have billing lines or service desk. I keep rattling them off. Uh, But in particular for our billing area, billing is not a area or a phone number of any organization where you would expect patients or customers to be happy. Oh, I got that $1,000 bill. I can't wait to go pay it. Uh, That's not the type of call that we're typically getting in cloud and and how we were able to design it, you know, connect was great too. We were able to, you know, prompt and and screen pop some pages, but now using the scripting technology in some recall or lack of better term integration, uh, we're asking patients to put in key indicators, um, what's called their guarantor number. So when it presents to the coordinator, they have Rob's account already in the process of being pulled up. If it's not pulled up already as we're greeting that patient. So before, if you were to listen to our quality and think our our billing area does a fabulous job, so this is definitely not a knock on them, um, they would have to repeat themselves multiple times. Can you say that number again? Uh, What number? Was that a one? Was that a two? Fat finger it a little bit. So right then we're shaving off 20 seconds, 30 seconds, five seconds, you know, and and that's big. Um, Get the patient, you know, on the phone and, and allow that time for us to have a, a dialogue as opposed to just repeating yourself over and over. I think we hit on it earlier in the conversation, but as we talk about Rochester Regional and how it's continuing to grow, we have to remember, right, we have all these different hospital systems, different offices that used to interact with patients in different ways. So using this has kind of allowed us to standardize that patient experience. So again, we were able to use a standardized menu. We have the same voice now for all 90 offices. So any office you call in Rochester Regional, you're hearing the same voice speak to you. So again, it's a consistent patient experience. So that's important to us. Some of the feedback we got back from offices as we centralized was that they weren't hearing the same voices consistently. And if you historically called your doctor's office, you you kind of start to develop relationships with that front desk staff. And that had kind of started to drift away. I like economies of scale. I want more efficiency. I want to make sure we're getting those calls answered as quick as we can. But what happened is we started to to lose that familiarity with patients. So again, talking with our Genesis resource team, you know, we we came up with an idea as to how how can we do this differently. We were able to use the bullseye routing now. So now we've got a group of, of two or three agents. That's that first ring. So again, when we get an office call in that work group, we're going to try to route it to two or three people first. Hopefully they're having that same interaction with those patients more frequently. Then after a certain duration of time, you know, maybe 45 seconds, we're going to open it up to maybe seven or eight team members, hoping that we're going to get that group, small set of voices. And before we open it up to kind of the larger group, we have a group of 20 that would support that work group. And 
we did some you know measuring and, and statistics and, and looked at how well we were performing and we found about 70 percent of those calls were answered within the first two rings so significant improvement in that patient experience and again made a lot of our providers happy we talk a lot about customer experience here on take a moment and we talk about empathy quite a bit as well it strikes me that one of the differences between a customer experience and a patient experience is that a patient needs even more empathy in that interaction than say a customer would even sometimes you know the customers have pretty weighty things that they have to deal with as well. And you want to make sure that that experience is great and consistent. But a patient experience, being in healthcare, when you're dealing with people who are either not feeling well to one extent or another, or just are really having a hard time, it just strikes me that empathy is one of those things that is a key differentiator. And I'm wondering if you guys could sort of unpack how you manage your teams and the teams that deal with your patients. How do you instill in them those techniques and philosophies of empathy and going and really creating a fantastic patient experience? Yeah, so um, one of the things, and I know we touched on training a little bit, is on our team is we thought it was very important to have a departmental trainer. So when we started the center, this was you know going on six years ago now, one of the first positions, and we've since had a different trainer, but actually started the same day as Rob did, same orientation, they didn't even know each other. But we thought it was really important to formulate our own training program, and we sort of coined it the ultimate agent program. So what we've done with that is we have a, a very robust speaking for scheduling specifically two to three week process where we graduate our team members to the phone you know, through various checkpoints. So they're getting hands-on one-on-one training, scenario training where we have our leads literally calling in, pretending they're patients and uh, Rob's in a room full of new hires and, and they're taking those calls and getting live feedback for that is just one of those examples partnering with that or sort of as we've developed that program, the organization made the decision to invest in what's called the language of caring. So healthcare company uh, really focused on patient experience and improving to sort of raise satisfaction scores, not because we really care about the scores, but we want the patients to have that best experience, whether it be in person, on the phone. And that training actually is divided into face-to-face and phone training, because one of the big things we take away is with the phone is all you have is your voice. You can't see anyone's facial reaction, the nonverbal cues, things like that. Um, so really having our team be, and when I say our team, Rob, myself, all of our leaders were instructors in the language of caring program, just because of the importance it has for our team members. So really one of the you know, last pieces on that is as a patient, and similar to the billing example, you're not really calling in because you're healthy and you're super excited to schedule your physical and you want to do that every year or you're coming in for a colonoscopy, you know, not fun things to, to come in for, really focusing our appointment coordinators on really what can we do for you, with you, together, making it feel personalized as opposed to, yep, okay, let's go next and just move on to the next patient and next interaction that we get. So trying to really make that each and every experience personable. From a software perspective, with again overseeing that, but again, the great thing is we have 100% call recording. Uh, we were capturing 30% of our, our video screen capture. So again, we have that visibility to go back and kind of see what was that patient experience, which is utmost importance. And then also the ability to kind of capture that patient experience from that initial phone call to 
we've passed it on to our triage nurse. We can see those conversations along the way and able to share that with leadership so they can kind of see what was that patient's journey. That's been really important for us. And again, as we're excited with the growth of cloud and as we have more components of the organization come onto the software, we're going to really be able to capture that entire journey that the patient took and even go into more detail. So we really put a lot of focus on, you know, the customer satisfaction surveys. Uh, we've developed unique quality monitoring forms for each department, really tailored to the needs of those teams. Even though we don't have a dedicated quality monitoring department, uh, that, that's actually a task that we look to our team leads to, to coach team members on. Uh, we, we've been able to really drive change. You know, again, we've got such great metrics and such great reporting that we're able to really see those specific questions where, where do we need to focus our training? Is it a gap in the training? Is it a gap in someone who's been on the phone and maybe something's changed after the fact? So we're able to use the, the software to kind of really hone in where we need to put the focus. And, and again, we've seen great results. Fantastic. Insightful conversation with Jason and Rob of Rochester Regional Health. We have to take a quick break, but more when we come back. Hello again, and as always, thanks for listening to the latest episode of Take a Moment. This is your producer, Josh Reed. And I think that you all can gather what the going theme is for today's episode, and that's empathy, as well as enabling the right technology in your contact center to go that extra mile and provide top-tier customer experiences. This couldn't be done without the cloud technology that Rochester Health has been enabled with. We also want to note that there are individuals in contact centers going above and beyond every day, especially during the COVID-19 crisis. And we encourage you to take a look at the resources below on Genesis.com. Those resources point to things like the CX Heroes program that will allow you to recognize those agents who are going above and beyond. And as always, thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Take a Moment. Subscribe, share, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Welcome back to Take a Moment. We are here with Jason and Rob of Rochester Regional Health, having an insightful conversation about the intersection of technology, empathy, and experience. Wanting to dive a little bit more into during this time, I know a lot of companies have struggled or want to be empathetic with their workforce and trying not to lay off people. And I know that's a huge thing, um, especially for a healthcare system during this time more than any others. And I know, Rob, you've mentioned before, workforce is your thing. You have mentioned that you've been able to do more work with less. So kind of wanting to dig a little bit into that. With the situation, right, that again, here comes March 16th, volume's going to jump up 30%. And then the interesting part of it is, right, so we had this huge influx of volume, and then we have this huge reduction of volume, right? So all of a sudden, you know, we have 30% less volume than we traditionally have. So it, it looks like we've got additional resources, um, but then offices start closing, and there's challenges certainly around that. And how do we best utilize our, our team members? So again, it's that flexibility of our organization. So we were able to actually stand up an employee dashboard, if you will, and we started to do employee trades. We would move resources to where there were gaps within the organization. There were team members that were going to support COVID tents for testing. There were individuals that were pulled in to answer some of those COVID-specific phone calls, nursing resources. 
So again, we were able to really move around resources that we needed. From the communication perspective and from a workforce perspective, I look at doing more with less is we had to start looking at economies of scale. We couldn't have these onesie twosies work groups that wasn't going to be efficient for us. So how do we start to position team members in different work groups where there lines of calls that were similar enough? So a great example, we have our triage nurses that were supporting our primary care offices. And at the time, but right before go live, uh, right before COVID hit, we actually had five different work groups and each nurse from each region was supporting that work group. About two weeks into this, we started to have those conversations with our clinical leaders and we were able to condense that into a single work group. So all of a sudden now we've got 40 nurses in a single work group able to support different offices. So it just more effective use of our resources that we have and, and trying to do less, or I guess more with less, if you will. And to add to that, a shout out to our ambulatory surgery centers. So, you know, thinking back to March 16th, very quickly elective and specific types of surgeries were just shut down. So we had a large number of skilled clinical and non-clinical staff that went from being the some of the busiest team members in our organization to not working. So what we did, as opposed to furloughing or laying off, is we actually brought them to support that line. And Rob sort of led into it. We have our clinical triage lines and something called trigger words, which we could probably spend a whole podcast talking about what what that process is. But the, the short of it is when a specific word is said, like chest pain, that automatically is escalated live time to a clinical resource. So rewinding back to March, chest pain, COVID, cough, fever, all of those potentially were symptoms of COVID. Um, and we couldn't keep up with the volume. So very quickly stood up some tracking. We, we knew every day, first email I would get is, how many times was COVID said yesterday? How many times was cough said yesterday? So we automated a report through the great reporting system you know, that we have. But how do we answer these calls and don't have people who may have chest pain wait on hold for five minutes? And the answer was, let's move those clinical resources to support this line. And oh, they can do it from home. So it was a, a really great way to, to utilize our, our skill team a little bit differently. I, I feel a little bad. This might be a, a leading question, you guys, but I know that oftentimes success depends on who your partners are. And a successful partnership can be a gigantic difference in success or failure of these initiatives that you've you've had to undertake and, and very rapidly. And I'm wondering if you can talk about the partnership between Rochester Regional and Genesis. Yeah, I can go first on that one. And I, I truly mean this. We're a team. And it's been that way in particular over the past two to three years with the core team we've had just intact for no right or wrong reason. We just have all been in our positions and have grown to personally know one another. You know, situations where I would say, hey, it'd be nice if we have this and sort of trail on it or, you know, bring it up every meeting. You know, I would envision most companies would just, unless I'm specifically asking for it, they wouldn't deliver on it. I'd come back to our biweekly meeting with Genesis and they would have an answer and three solutions for us and how quickly we can do it. Some that are free and some that cost money. So really over the years, we've developed a great team and we're very comfortable challenging each other's ideas, questions, solutions uh, to get the best out of one another. Yeah, we again, we have that consistent dialogue with the team, which is fantastic. Having the team come on site and actually get to know Rochester Regional is critical. So they, they know what's important to us. We put the challenge back out to really our Genesis support team is 
what can we do with the system? What are we not taking advantage of? That's, that's the constant challenge, right? What more can we do? We're in a position, you know, Jason and I really have the influence that we can start to take advantage of different features. So, right, a, a dialer outbound campaign, really a, using Analyzer, like Jason said. So we're constantly working with the Genesis team saying, what are we missing? And the great thing is they come back to us, right? We've had more sessions looking at the roadmap because we want to know what's coming. What can we start to plan for? How can we maximize our use of the system? And without them providing that information to us, we, we wouldn't be where we are today. We talked a little bit before. We were lucky, right? We got down to North Carolina, met with the team right before COVID hit and spent really two days going under the hood of cloud. We brought one of our technical developers, it was Jason, myself, and we got in and got to see the nitty gritty of the system and what it can do. And we came back super excited and then COVID hits and right, we can go right to our CIO and say, we've got just what we need. We just saw it. We know what we can do. So it made building that business case so much easier. And that's because we've got that great partnership with the team. We're so thrilled to hear that. And it's not just about hearing how we've been able to partner with you, but just uh, celebrating your successes. Because, you know, I, I recently was in a hospital and I was sitting around the room and I'm looking at all of the logos on the equipment, on the beds, some of the tools that the doctors and nurses were using. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing a lot of Genesis customers. And for somebody that works for Genesis, I'm thrilled that that's part of what we get to do. We get to help in that healthcare environment and it just brings a lot more importance to my getting up to do my job every day. I'm wondering from the two of you, your perspective on having been in the healthcare field for, I guess the two of you have well over uh, 20 years of combined experience in healthcare. What do you love about working in healthcare? What really gets you motivated to get up every day and go to, <laughs> go to work, which in this case might be you know, your home office or your living room, but what do you love about healthcare from all of your years involved in the industry? Yeah, um, in two weeks, I'll be going on year 16 in healthcare. So I've sort of um, had some different experiences with it, but it's really you know, the purpose behind it. And for me in particular, it's you know, being technical in nature. I could go you know, build a system that ships you a product and customers happy with it. But in healthcare, I truly feel that every decision, change, build we make is impacting patient care. And, and we wouldn't make that change if it wasn't positive towards that patient. So, so for me, it's that patient experience and just knowing, you know, if I could impact one patient's life, you know, I've sort of fulfilled <laughs> my duty or my call, if you will. For me, I guess by nature, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. My experience before, so I joined Rochester Regional close to six years ago now, previous communication centers where it's kind of that churn and burn atmosphere. And then all of a sudden, okay, I don't want to rush the patient off the phone. I want to make sure the patient's taken care of. So completely different mindset as we come in and how we want to actually frame you know, that, that patient experience. So that was really appealing to me. And then again, I talked about numbers, but if we look, we have 3.5 million interactions with patients in our, in our community in a given year. So 3.5 million, I mean, that just kind of hits me, right? And that means my neighbor might be calling. I know my parents are part of the system. I know they're calling. I want to deliver to that all of our patients and make sure they've got a great experience. So just knowing what impact we have in our community, and certainly at a time like this with dealing with COVID and the impact that we can have on, on our neighbors, on our own family, we know we're making a difference every day. And that, that means a lot to me. 
Yeah, and I know being in, in healthcare as long as I have, um, and being one of the two really two largest healthcare providers in, in Rochester, is I'll be with friends and they use our MyCare patient portal, and they'll make a comment, you know, when we're out to dinner, and I I want to stop and I want to fix that problem, you know, personally for them, but because I want them to have that experience, and they tell two friends and they tell two friends, and the word gets out how great it is. So that's where I know yeah, I love what I do that. I'm doing it at midnight when we get an on-call or if it's at dinner on a Saturday night. I don't feel like I'm working. It's more so, right, we're, we're doing this to impact our community and patients, friends, family, you name it. I think the other thing is technology, right? And just, again, we talked earlier how healthcare might be five years behind on technology and just knowing there's so much more we can do, right? This world is changing. It's omni-channel. There's, there's more ways that patients want to reach out and communicate to us. So again, for us to have that ability to play a role in that and to potentially push it maybe a little bit faster than the system was. And again, that, that might have actually been a perk of COVID if there's any perks, it sounds weird saying that, but that we were able to start to push some of this a little bit faster than, than maybe we would have been before. Again, now we've been able to stand up cloud six weeks to stand up 600 users, but that wouldn't have been the time frame without COVID. You've both mentioned three and a half million interactions in a course of a year can happen in your community. I'm wondering if you have a story. I know that both of you have been in the command center and have worked with a lot of nurse and appointment coordinators, et cetera. And I'm wondering if there are any stories that really stand out about how your agents have been able to provide not only that empathetic touch, but something that's a little bit more personal. And you both mentioned relationships are big, especially in the patient care world. So wondering if there's like a story or two that you might be willing to share about how your agents have gone above and beyond. The first one that comes to mind is one of our team leads. So we have a team lead who works directly with our trainer. As COVID hit, our, our, our trainer has multiple children herself, and she ended up having to work remotely for the, the large portion of time. And she was utterly fantastic on site. And as we talked about having to stand up 250 users over the course of six weeks, a lot of those training sessions, we started to do virtual, but there were certain sessions where we needed to pull people on site. And she led a lot of that. And she took on a lot more responsibility in learning how the system would work and troubleshooting and really became a partner with my team, the operations support team, asking how does the system work? What can we do different? What's not right from a reporting perspective? You know, helping us configure new users, making sure everyone was comfortable in the new system and configured properly. So just an amazing job done by, by Rebecca. She was utterly amazing. And I know the team couldn't thank her enough for everything that she's done. And, you know, as we were able to shift to cloud and we went to hundred percent virtual training for that group, our trainer, 150 training sessions over the course of six weeks. So 150 sessions, hour long sessions, over 650 users that were trained in those sessions. When you bring in managers, developing the training for that, my team, certainly, we, we did a lot. We did the technical building. Again, that's a whole nother story. There's 12-hour days, and as a minimum, right, all those conversations, endless conversations with various leaders throughout the organization. Um, but again, if we don't have users on the end of the system able to use it quickly, that work means nothing. So again, I give a ton of credit to our training department. I would echo that. That truly amazing. And to add to that, socially distant learning when we're in person. So 
very difficult the way that we've designed our training. Typically, Rob and I would be sitting next to each other in the Y headset. I'm typing and Rob's talking as, and we trade back and forth you know, through that training. We can't do that anymore. So we've had to get larger training rooms, training rooms that are shut down and the buildings are closed. So we've had to adapt in, on the fly. I think a, another in particular, our clinical team is, is amazing and always have been. But a, as we've migrated over to cloud and even before that is really championing our super user program. So if I want Maria Larner and our nursing leadership team to present at one of the Genesis conferences, blog, hope you guys have one in, in person again coming up in 2021, just on the success of an implementation on such a highly visible team in our organization, emergency lines. You know, I think I gave the example last week on a call with Genesis where there's a car accident and we need to rush a patient to one of our facilities. They're calling through Genesis, our transfer line, to find out what is the closest facility and what facility has the right services available to them. And that's our nurses that are taking it. So Maria and her team, we would show up to the, you know, training sessions or testing sessions, and it would be an hour long. And we would have a, a list, two to three pages long of questions, comments, thoughts, enhancements, all of which through the partnership we have together was taken in a positive light, obviously. Um, but we wanted to make that experience great. And we would not be where we are today if they didn't take that initiative to really stand up and really own it from an operational perspective. Because as you know, you're a technology company, you can take it off the shelf, turn it on, and it works. Uh, but it's not going to work for you because everyone's different and every facility, every healthcare organization is a little bit different and we need to tweak it. We love hearing the successes of frontline employees who are going above and beyond. If you're interested, please feel free to nominate any of those folks or any other folks that you have in your organization for our CX Hero program at Genesis. We love celebrating those heroes as well. So please do feel free. We're going to transition before we end this amazing conversation. We'd like to have a little bit of fun that has nothing to do with technology or contact centers or anything like that, we're just going to ask you guys five random questions and get your knee-jerk responses. So first one goes to both of you. I want to know what was the last film that you saw inside of a movie theater? Frozen 2. Frozen 2. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, It wouldn't have to be Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. Okay. Mine, uh, I'm sad to say, was Cats. So, if you can imagine the worst possible movie that you could say, like, what if I don't go to the movie theaters for the next six months to a year, what's one movie I want to make sure I see before I have to stay home? It would not have been Cats. So, we planned that poorly. So, you guys are both based in New York. So, Buffalo Bills or New York Giants? Well, there's only one New York team. And it's the Buffalo Bills, and they will win the Super Bowl this year. It's our year. Buffalo Bills all the way. Are you a Luke Skywalker or a Han Solo kind of guy? Rob, go first. I'm going to go Han Solo. I just kind of like the chill of, of Hans. That's, that's me. Okay. All right, Jason, anything to add? I'm going to have to go Luke. Just because my best friend growing up looked exactly like him. So. <laughs> Positive memories from my youth. Did you have like a Luke Skywalker action figure? And did your friend pretend that that was an, an actual action figure of himself? I just had the GI Joes. Oh, nice. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. 
The GI, my, the thumbs on my GI Joe figures would always snap off. Did you have that problem? I did as well. Yeah. You're trying to fit that weapon in there. That thumb will snap right off. So Jason, you mentioned frozen. So we are going to have to go Elsa or Anna. Oh, that's tough. Anna. (laughs) I'm also going to go Anna. Team Anna. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about, you know, my girl Elsa getting no love. I'm a younger sibling, so right, I gotta like the ah, second sibling. That's, so. that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Do you want to go the snowman? Is what you're singing all the time, Rob. I'm sure. <laughs> Jason, Rob, thank you guys so much for taking a moment with us. It was a, a wonderful conversation, and also thank you for the care that you are consistently providing the Rochester community and all the work that you guys are doing to help during the COVID crisis. Your innovations there have been remarkable, and guys, thank you so much for your time. 